The problem that has plagued our efforts here in Madison has been an absence of consistent community leadership in many of our neighborhoods. As a result, last week, I asked PPS to provide us with a proposal to increase placemaking capacity in the city of Madison with the intention that the training and technical assistance program lead to more than a one-time exercise, but result in the establishment of ongoing permanent neighborhood leadership. Uh, we've provided attached to the proposal submitted by Elena Madison, Vice President and Senior Lead of PPS. It was my original intention to have the staff review the proposal this coming Friday and make recommendations to the City Council. Given the events of the last four days, a shooting and a murder, I want to jumpstart the process and get a copy of the proposal to you now, even though we've not had time for the staff to review it. <coughs> I propose that whatever we recommend be funded by the $400,000 that's approved in the 2017 operating budget. Let me expand on the challenges and the recommendations. I'm confident in our strategies and programs long-term. The employment and training programs will have long-term benefits. Changes in city hiring policy, raising our minimum wage, and modifying hiring requirements will make a difference. Initiatives focused on child care and early childhood development are underway. The Department of Public Health and related nonprofit agencies are focused on violence, and particularly gun violence, as a health issue, as well as the ongoing challenges of domestic violence. We'll see greater efforts in 2018. We've made significant strides in our housing programs. Hundreds of new units of affordable and low-income housing are built or are underway. Progress is made in the Madison Public Schools, and we support those efforts. Household poverty is declining, private sector jobs are available. Despite all of these efforts, we see an increase in gun violence. Two of the most significant reasons are tragically beyond our control to regulate. First, the ease with which guns are obtained. Massive firepower accessible without background checks and legal to carry and conceal. Secondly, social media where hostile and inflammatory comments are publicly posted, which only accelerate violence responses. Right now, we have a number of young men actively engaged in gang activity who have no hesitation to murder, to assassinate, to kill. They are not interested in employment programs or a safe community. They shoot each other and at times fire at innocent people. They can only survive in our city if their friends and neighbors give them cover. They can only continue their terrorist activities when witnesses refuse to cooperate with the police. We need active residents who believe they have a stake in their community. We know from past experience that when strong community leadership appears, the guns and the violence decline. It is frustrating to see so many students, businesses, people of faith, and parents decry the violence, but the shootings continue as others fail to decry the activities of the murderers. 
We must have strong neighborhood voices, neighborhood voices who will make sure that no cover, no protection, no silence is afforded those who violate our city. A copy of the uh, proposal that we'll be reviewing is available, and uh, I'm available for questions. So would your attention be to include something in the 2018 budget? That would be... We've got the $400,000 in the 2017, bu 2017 budget. Mm -hmm. uh, we've only spent about 75000 of that. So I recommend that we take the, the funding uh, out of that allocation. This would require no new additional funds, but it would approve uh, city council uh, concurrence. So, um, the, to get this started for the staff capacity of this nonprofit, it's like forty thousand. It's about thirty-five thousand, forty thousand dollars. Yes, and we, we could start this fall. With the amount of homicides we've had so far this year, people are uh, being concerned with the management uh, and, uh, and the police force here in Madison. Uh, what, are, what are your concerns over that? Do you see any changes? The, in the Madison country? Police Department has to operate within the law. We cannot stop people. We cannot frisk them without probable cause. We'll continue uh, to operate in, in a constitutional manner. What we need is we need the cooperation of people who know the gangsters, know where the guns are. Those guns are in cars. Those guns are in homes. They are being carried. We need to know who they are. When we have a shooting, as we had over the weekend, and we have so many people who were witnesses and they don't cooperate, that is where the system is failing. Like this, how do you ensure that it's not just like a one-time thing that the community? One of the things that we've, we've one of the things that we've learned through placemaking is that when people are engaged in the process and the continued activity, that they remain engaged in the community on a long-term basis. That is what was so impressive about the, 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 the proposal. Let me let me give you some examples. Um, Meadowood. When we went into Meadowood to support the community on the neighborhood center and on the library, there was continued active participation in the design, in the preparation of that facility. That only led to further ongoing activity in the neighborhood once the process was completed, and it continues to this day. It's not to say that Meadowood is, is perfect, but Meadowood is a far more uh, attractive community than it was five years ago, and as long as we have that continued neighborhood involvement on a day-to-day -day basis, we will continue to see that kind of improvement. One of the frustrations is that in some of our city neighborhoods, we have not had a Darlene Horner and friends come forth and on a continued ongoing basis. One of the things that we know about placemaking is it gets people engaged, and if it's done right, it results in ongoing engagement. That's what I took away from the meeting that I, that I had with, with, with Fred Kent and Professor Gans. In reference to the money, Mayor, um, regardless of how much of that 400000 it is, do you need to earmark that same amount for the following years? 
or no this 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 ought to be successful with 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 a, a one-time uh, a training and and technical assistance infusion perhaps three four five years later we may want to do it again for uh, people who who newly want to get engaged but uh, this this ought to work with with a uh, a one-time program that starts this fall and uh, wraps up uh, next spring and summer. A few weeks ago you announced a bounty program. Yes. Have you had any success in that? We've not heard anyone wishing to to, uh, to claim a bounty, but we continue to uh, make that offer, and, and the cash is available uh, if, if people are interested. Um, would more police officers in this neighborhood make a difference? More police officers, more social programming, in terms of the immediate, the immediate challenge will not make a difference. What we need is we need people in the neighborhoods to come forward, speak up, to know that they're not alone, they know who these gangsters are, they know who these murderers are, they know where the guns are. We've, we've had this problem before. Uh, back in the 1990s, we had a number of, 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 of residents on, in the Allied Drive area where we had gangsters who basically worked their way into the uh, apartments of certain women and used those apartments for uh, everything from storing their guns to, to some drug operations. We've got to have people speak up. We know that there's a certain danger involved, but there's a larger danger to the community if this isn't uh, uh, addressed now. The police department can only do so much. Neighborhoods only work if there is neighborhood leadership. We can be supportive. We can provide resources. We can help build community centers, community gardens, libraries. But when it comes to the day-to-day -day life of the neighborhood, the leadership must come from the neighborhood. Yes? Can you define placemaking? It is a process. It is, it is a process of people who use a space coming together and determining activities that can be performed in that space. Um, it may be something as small as scheduling a public park for yoga classes. It may be as significant as building a neighborhood library or community center. But the key is this. It's not done by private agencies or government officials running it. The process is critical in that it has to be the people in the neighborhood doing it. Well, regardless of what neighborhood you're looking at in the city of Madison, who do you see as being those leaders? Because most people see the mayor, the alders, and, and so forth as their leaders. What kind of leaders are you looking for? Viable neighborhoods, strong, healthy neighborhoods are led by the people who live there. Those of us in elected capacity, 
those who work for nonprofits, for institutions like uh, uh, schools, we provide support, we can provide resources, but the leadership in an instance like this has to come from the neighborhood. There has to be zero tolerance for gangsters and murderers carrying guns. There has to be zero tolerance when somebody is shot and killed and people are aware of who was present and they will not discuss it. And from every from every rostrum and every seat in this community, people have to speak up and say, no more, the violence has to stop, and we are not going to be a party to the silence that enables it. How does this program find, find and build those leaders? It's in the proposal. What we will be doing is we'll be selecting somewhere between eight and perhaps ten neighborhoods. There'll be a series of sessions. First, we want to train our professionals. We want to make sure they understand what their role is. But then we're going to have separate sessions uh, throughout the city, and we will recruit people. We'll do uh, public announcements. We'll use social media, and we will recruit folks for these training sessions. Is it fear why this isn't happening? We've heard we've heard this before, and you know, kind of ebbs and flows. Is there just a fear factor, or is there a transitory nature to the residents of the neighborhood that don't feel invested in it? That's that's interesting. Um, yesterday, I was over in the Britta Park area and spoke with a gentleman who's. Uh, lived in Madison less than six months, and he's fully invested in the neighborhood and deeply concerned about uh, what, what's going on. The range of topics we discussed were everything from safety to recycling. Um, the problem is not so much how long someone has lived in the neighborhood. The problem is not necessarily the values. The problem is whether or not there are people who are prepared to speak up and fight. We can support those efforts, but we cannot be a substitute for neighborhood leadership. Okay? Thank you.